Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we are spiraling up with Kathleen Flanagan, an international award winning author of Dancing Souls, Merging Heaven and Earth, Book One, The Call. She is founder and CEO of Awakening Spirit, a certified aromatherapist, a vibrational expert, a sound therapist, and helps people achieve the life they would love to live. In her book, Dancing Souls, The Call, she artfully brings awareness to the truth that there is perfection in every situation that we find ourselves in. Kathleen has a deep and colorful life with lots of hurdles and difficulties. Some of the things I would love to ask her about is her story and how she came to writing this incredible book. What is the dark night of the soul? How did she experience it? And how to maneuver and learn from it? What is soul evolution? What are the Akashic records? And what are the many phases of transformation? How do we find hope in visualization and create a crystal clear image of the life we would love to live? Let's see how this conversation spirals out. Welcome, Kathleen. Hey, Jane. Thanks for having me. So good to have you. So Kathleen, tell us the story of how this book came to be. I imagine there's much background to its involvement and it's such a beautiful gift to the world. So just share that with us. Okay. Well, the journey actually began probably in 2006 when Spirit asked me to go to aesthetic school. And I thought they were crazy because I was in a very bad relationship and I was trying to find how to get back on my feet. And I realized that I did not know how to move out of this relationship because I was so trapped and stuck and remembered at 17 that I just knew how to leave the house. So it seemed really odd to me that I had put myself in such a very bad position and needing to do, make a change. So spirit had told me, look into aesthetics. And I, of course, told them they were nuts. I wasn't about to do that. And then they showed me in my mind's eye with my eyes open, what my hands would actually do. And I was blown away by what they showed me. So I told my partner at the time, I'm doing this. And he said, okay, which spirit said he would say that. And I thought they were nuts with that as well, but he did. So I went off to aesthetic school and so, fell Kathleen, in love with it. So this was like your way of getting out of this relationship? It was the beginning. Yeah. So it, it was, was like that this first was the step. actual very beginning of what transpired. So when I came, so when I went to aesthetic school and I was like, well, I have I can do sound therapy. How can I incorporate this? Because anybody can do a facial. 
And I wanted to bring something more to the table than that. So I decided I wanted to create sound sessions and a, a sound facial, which blew people away, including me. And I just realized at that time is I needed to connect with people because I thought I was the only one ever trapped in life because I felt trapped on just from the experience of my life. And when I was able to touch people and help people and hear them and listen to them, they left my table like night and day, like there was this dark shadow on them and they left full of light. It was like amazing to watch. So as I was moving through this and I was, it was very slow in doing this and building up my money. I talked to a friend of mine in Chicago and she was telling me about something that was going on in Chicago. And I said, oh my God, oh my God, this is what we need to do. And I can come out and blah, 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 blah. And it was one of those things of where she set up all these appointments for me to do sound sessions out there. I made so much money. I was so blown away by what went on, but she, and I went, I think 10 days straight of one appointment after another, after another, after another. And I dealt with some of the most horrific, hardest people I have ever experienced in my life. And I was bringing something new to the forefront on what I was doing with sound. And I didn't know what I, what that was yet. I was in the dark and there was so much energy coming through me and I can see, I literally can see everything and I couldn't see anything. So I had to trust. And then I was told, you're going to write a book. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> because to me, I didn't understand where this was coming from. But it, it had to do with, it started out, in my opinion, about sexual healing, because I had worked with so many people in Chicago that week that I was there on people that were dying of cancer, sexual that needed sexual healing, that had worked in the police force and had everything ever could happen to a human being happen to people. I mean, I was just dealing with some of the hardest things. And somebody had told me, just make sure you take salt baths every night, because in those salt baths, you're going to wash that stuff away instead of taking it on. I did that because it was, it was tough. And I was exhausted when I was done, but it was, I was so full of energy and what I was pulling in and so when I came home, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And then I was asked to go to Yellowstone on a spiritual retreat. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, okay, sure. That's going to fly. So Kathleen, yet, I did. But just explain how you know to do these things. Like I, I could relate because. I remember a time when I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I was in a very, you know, I felt like I was in a vortex and couldn't get out. And it was more to do with uh, what I was doing in life. But I got down on my hands and knees and just asked the universe or my higher self to tell me what to do next. And three days later, I was walking my dog and it just came into my head to be a doctor and I'd never thought of it before. So I knew, and I knew it wasn't my own mind saying it. So how do you experience it? I just get a message and they speak to me. I just hear it. And I, I know what's my voice and what's not. Mm -hmm. And it's just that there's a knowing that I feel it in my heart. 
And when I'm not really paying attention or it's just like, it just comes, or if I've been asking and I'm just, you know, sometimes we listen too hard. So you have to almost like distract yourself. So when I was doing this and they said, go to Yellowstone and I'm like, I don't have any money to go to Yellowstone. I mean, how is this going to come about? Do you know in less than 24 hours, I had it all figured out how to get to Yellowstone, got there. I had no money to get back. But again, all these women that I worked on in Chicago went to the same retreat. And by the end of the first day, I had all the money I need to pay for the room and everything. It was mind boggling. And then I had met, he called himself Ocean, and he really was a messenger on many levels. And he was like somebody that I talked about and had dreams about that, you know, we receive messages in all sorts of ways. We just don't know how to interpret them. And he and I would walk around Yellowstone and he would sit there and just say, okay, there's seven birds there and they're going this direction and then explain what that was. And I would be flabbergasted because I would see these things, but I didn't understand the meaning. So when I came back from Yellowstone, I knew I was leaving. And two months later, six weeks later, I was on my way to Chicago. And it was one thing after another, after another that went on there that was mind blowing to me. First off, the woman who invited me out decided she didn't want me to stay with her and had me stay with a friend of hers. And he didn't want me there any more than I wanted to be there. And that was horrible. I was locked out. My cat got away. She ended up being in their house, but it took me three days to find her. And of course, I was sick that my cat had got away. And then I had to move where I was moving to. I was kind of making this apartment work for me. And they just pulled up a mattress until my stuff came in because it was still (laughs) in Colorado. And so they let me do that. You know, they moved a, a mattress in. We negotiated everything. And I had all these orders coming in from Awakening Spirit, which is my aromatherapy company, and I couldn't do anything and I just had to deal with it. So when um, everything came in, a friend of mine there helped me to get all the orders out, helped me to get organized, and that's when everything shifted. Because I was living in a vortex at that point and I didn't know it. I had messages coming every which way from Spirit as far as You know, I was writing every day because there were so many events happening. Um, The first, I think it was like the first week there, this guy that I knew, he's my partner now, but he was there and he didn't want anything to do with me because, you know, he was whatever. And I, um, and I got lost in a very bad section. He had to try to find his, help me find my way back to my apartment And then he just kind of hung out there and helped me get there. And he was one of the main reasons why I wanted to be a better person, because it was the first time a man wasn't taking my space. He wasn't trying to take over my life. And I I just wanted to be better. I just started to see things because I was in this real tranquil place in many ways in the beginning because spirit was, I was bringing in the divine feminine energy. I was working on people to do that where we were integrating the masculine and feminine energies. 
There's, I was very particular about who was coming into my space at that point because everybody could feel it. I mean, you walk in, you could feel this energy. Then it got not so pleasant after a while because things took a bad turn with the energy where I was now dark, dealing with the dark side of things. And I thank God I had a lot of spiritual teachers and friends that are very highly evolved and they were helping me get through this because what they told me is when you start working that much more in the light, the darkness comes up because there's always the balance, the yin and yang, the polarity, and it's not good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just what is. And things, there were things that happened that I was so upset about and freaked out over, but it was like, I was wearing armor. I was protecting myself. I was doing this, but I also had people putting spells on me at the same time. And I found that out afterwards. And there was, then there was this sense that somebody was trying to come in and I had dreams all the time and I could hear people coming up the steps and nobody was there. One night I actually had, um, the ETs were here and my landlords lived downstairs and they all, they were so about the ETs. And this one night they came, I mean, I saw the lights, I could see the light in the living room. I could see the lights outside. I could hear the noise up above and I couldn't move. It was like they had flipped me upside down somehow, like inside out or something. And I couldn't move. I couldn't even see what time it was. And I mean, I felt this fear. I wasn't afraid, but I could feel this intense fear in my body. And they had removed something. I think it was, I don't know if it was a chip or what, but I could feel that something was removed from the back of my neck. And I contacted a friend of mine and she said, well, do you have marks here? Do you have marks here? Do you have marks here? And of course I had marks everywhere. She told me. So she's like, you really did have a ET experience. And I'm like, oh my God. And I told my landlord, I said, did you hear this spacecraft last night? He's like, what are you talking about? He says, you didn't hear that spacecraft. So it was interesting. Okay. It was really interesting on that whole situation of really trying to understand what was happening. So I started to take that if I was chipped and I don't know, but if I was, it was removed. So I could start moving in different directions. I was very depressed at the same time that all this was happening and then trying to work through what I needed to work through, look at my own personal demons and all I could focus in is I just wanted to go home. I mean, I was so homesick and I have never felt that homesick. And I met some great people there. I mean, I was very welcomed in Chicago. I mean, because I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. So I was back in my roots, so to speak, with just the way the Midwesterners are. And it and I went into a deep solitude in many levels because I just had to come back to me. I really had to know who I was, what was going on, understand this good and this dark and all the things, you know, the traumas that I've experienced in my life with sexual abuse, with abusive men, you know, with the degradation of my parents telling me I didn't deserve anything and I was worthless. And I mean, and I'm going to hell and all of the things that I've heard just surfaced during this period of time. So I could bring light to it so I can get out of this. And, and what that, I realized, Kathleen, was that part of the depression? Like what you yeah. were feeling coming up? Was, oh, yeah. 
And a, a lot of that was really real that you needed. Yeah, to hear. it yeah. was very real and it hurt. And I didn't tell my mother I had moved to Illinois and I thought she would be proud of me that I was like being a big girl, you know, I'm being like making my own decisions. And that was not what happened. She was very angry at me that I left without telling her because she's like, well, do you want to go to church? And it was like Christmas or a birthday. And I was on her birthday and I got up and I told her that I moved to Chicago and she hung up on me. And I was like, I was so stunned because I didn't understand why would you, it's like, you can't be happy for me. And I didn't understand what that was about. Believe me, I've, I've learned since then, but that was the beginning of really starting to see my mother in a whole new light. And the other thing that I realized when I was there was I was never alone. No matter how alone I was, I was never alone. I, I, there were messages that came in everywhere. I mean, my light in my kitchen would just go off or it would come on to let me know somebody's there. Or I'm watching a movie and there's an answer to a question that was coming in because I was watching this movie and I was like, oh my God, I was, I asked, wow. You know, my, the boiler went out one night, one weekend and it was so cold and it was like Sal had left and he just disappeared for whatever. Cause it's what he did at that time. And it was like it, the house was cold. I was cold. He was gone. He came back and everything was like the, he came back on. I was warmed up again. It was like paying attention to just my attitude towards men, you know, and how I was identifying with a man as far as almost like a completeness. And he was really good at helping me to stand up on my own two feet, you know, because he didn't want a needy woman. I'm not a needy woman but I felt needy the whole time. I felt so needy there. I couldn't, I couldn't stand myself because I have never felt like that. And all I kept doing was go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. You know, what is it? What is it? What is it? And, and I kept getting answers and I wrote every single day I wrote, I mean, I could probably write 10 books with what I wrote in that trip to Illinois. And what's interesting when the, when the whole series is finally com comes out, you're going to actually see the evolution of destiny in the book, which is me, where I'm like this lost, scared little girl who goes through this dark night of the soul and facing demons that didn't even know were there on most of them, understanding I'm not alone, never have been alone. None of us are ever alone. We just don't pay attention. And then coming out on the other side of it of, I am strong. I am woman. Hear me roar, kind of thing. I mean, all of a sudden, that Ronstadt <laughs> movie takes a whole or song takes a whole new meaning of, you know, taking back my power and setting up boundaries that I've never had before, and you know, just starting to become a whole complete person. And I started to find my voice that I never had. That was key. So we're just going to talk a bit more about what is the dark night of the soul, because when we're not going through it, we're very distracted by life. Everything's okay. We're just doing things. But when you go into that dark night of the soul, the only way out is to go within. Yep. The dark night of the soul is, um, it's like all it's you're dark and women, when we give so much all the time, and we don't nurture ourselves, 
there's a point that we just go dark inside and we crawl in. And to me, when I go in the dark night of the soul, it's like all these things that I have never looked at or saw or felt seem to surface. And it's only probably because I am being distracted through life or I could be moving into a new phase, you know, of growth and evolution. And you can't bring your garbage with you. I mean, because we all have head trash. We all have head trash. And so it's like you're facing your head trash. You're facing whatever those pains are of the heart that you've had. If it's betrayal or abuse or not feeling loved or feeling abandoned, those all those emotions come in. And we have to find a way to bring peace with it because we are still a spiritual being having a human emotion or experience and emotions are nothing more than just that humanness about who we are. It's, it's what drives us. It's what makes us move into the next phase of our life. It's what brings us to come back fighting stronger that we didn't have before because those icky emotions is just that it's ick. It's not good, bad, right, or wrong. There's no judgment other than what we put on them. And people are so ashamed because we think we should be rah-rahs all the time. And I'm anything but a rah-rah person. I can encourage you. I can promote you. I can go and say, let's do this. Why don't you do this? And I've had people get mad at me because I say, just do it. Just do it. What have you got to lose? And then they're mad because it didn't turn out the way they wanted but you at least you know what it was. So you don't have to harbor on being stuck anymore. You know what I mean? So going inside into the dark side and facing that and really going in and pulling out because we have to bring the light in. And if we don't pull it in, nobody else is going to do it. So, so it's from a place that we get to. And then the darkness is fear, like a facing those fears and the mm -hmm. about us that we'd rather cover up and they're just coming up. Yep. And they don't stop. They yeah. don't stop until you actually acknowledge it. You don't have to necessarily relive anything. You just have to acknowledge the pain. I mean, I would have conversations with, I remember I had a conversation with a friend of mine and, and we must've had it three times like, and we'd hang up and then I would think about what she said. And then we'd have a conversation and then hang up again and say it. And then we had another one and something triggered that this, oh my God, it was like understanding because we heal on an emotional level. I can sit there and understand child abuse and sexual abuse and betrayal and everything else in my head. But that doesn't mean I know how to deal with healing the feeling the, the emotional side of that. And when I did this, there was this point of something that had happened in my life and I relived it on an emotional level and how I took that, the thought processes as a child and I healed that, which was like, again, three days of, oh my God, of this amazing love vibration coming down that just bathed me in it. And it was like my voice changed and I felt different and my energy shifted. It was like, oh my God, this is how we have to heal is emotionally because healing is not a mental thing. And we make it mental because we can handle mental. 
we can't handle emotion, especially when they're childhood emotions and we don't know any better. And when I came back from Colorado, so something wait, happened. Yeah, but, you go when you're talking about emotions, you go into the emotion. You oh, totally. Completely again, right? Yeah, you're feeling it. You have to feel it because if you don't feel it, because years ago I was told if you want something good to happen, but you don't want to focus on the negative, right? So we we are all programmed not to focus on the negative. But what I learned years ago was if I go in and feel what the worst situation could be, feel it, I'm not going to create it because our mind doesn't know we didn't live it. So when you're going back into the emotion and really feeling the depth of it and really trying to understand what where my thought processes were, because most of our stuff, our trash comes from when we were children. Mm-hmm. We didn't understand what we were seeing, but we felt it. Mm -hmm. And then we buried it because that was all we knew what to do because we didn't have any logic to us on that. Yeah. We're just, we're just receiving information at that. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're healing. And that's what's happening on the planet right now is all this darkness that we've all just kind of buried and stuffed and pretend it's not there is coming up because we're being inundated with light. Well, I was being hit early because I'm one of those people that's a way shower to help people move through these very difficult times that we're in. And I'm no different. I mean, I'm still, I'm right there with everyone else, but I understand a little better because I'm not holding on to those emotions. I faced a lot of my fears. And when COVID came, boy, that took me down another rabbit hole because it was everything I was told, everything that I knew about what was happening to the planet we were now in that I knew as a child. I went down a rabbit hole. I went into depression again because I didn't know how to get out of this. I didn't know how to deal with this yet. And then I decided, you know what? What's happening out there is not what's happening inside of me. No, no, we're done. I'm not buying into COVID anymore. I'm I have a world that I see. I have a vision for what this world is. And I was going to focus in and dial in on that. And I was grateful for the opportunity to know that I, what I had known my whole life, I am now living. And how am I going to react? Well, I'm not going in a corner. Right. You know, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. That's exactly how I saw it. Yeah. Because Change starts from within each of us. And yep. if, when you get caught in that fear vortex, you you can't change the world. Like you, no. or you can't be part of that change. So you have to go back within. Right. And I went deep. I, again, went back deep inside and faced, you know, more things of, you know, I didn't expect this at this age. You know, I mean, I really went in, I dialed in on a lot of things that I didn't even know that I was dialing in on. And come the first of the year, December, I decided I was just done with all of it. You know, it's just, it's done. It's to me, it's a pandemic. That's how I viewed it. it. It's, but there's a very strong spiritual plan, not pandemic. Yes, our government might've done that, but 
it's a spiritual pandemic to me because what did it do? It brought all of us inside. We had to go inside on many levels. And then you watch the earth heal that we've, that was mind blowing to me. I mean, I just like, whoa, the impact of what COVID had done on so many levels was that's, that's where I took it. I had to take it there because to me, it was a spiritual awakening. It was the time for the people to come back. It was time for people to say enough is enough. It's time for us to say, I want my power back. I'm taking my power back. And, you know, I'm watching it now, like in Wyoming, they're just like, we're done with COVID. We don't care what the world says. We're done. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're just done. And that's because the people are saying we're done. Yeah. And to you know what I mean? So that, that's kind of where I, I went with that. And, and then my focus got even more dialed in of what do I want? Where do I want to go? Who am I? I'm an alchemist. I have amazing products. I know how to take people into the dark night of the soul. I know how to take them into hell and bring them back. I can see on their journey. And that was what got started getting me excited was because I did all of my own work to help somebody else, because there's a lot of people that have no idea how to even remotely begin to get, get on the other side of where we are. Yeah. And it, what it's causing is a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Something beautiful happening. Yep. Very much so. So back to Chicago. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> so you started to write your book. And you were going through all this at the same time, which is pretty incredible. I mean, people think of authors, I don't know, sitting by the ocean, just <laughs> coming up with. Oh, I wish. Things to write. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Well, when I came back from Chicago, I started writing, you know, putting it because I had handwritten everything. So it's putting it on the computer and I'm being downloaded. Okay, they're talking about the first half of the book. I'm sitting here going, wow, really? Really? And I would zone. I would zone. Yeah. And then my phone would ring or something and it'd be like, whoa, where am I? Or oh, I would call a friend of mine and say, Kathleen, Kathleen, this is so cool though. Because I mean, to me, the heart is the conduit to genius, right? Because that's when you're connected to all information. Yep. And so that's what was happening here. You were cleansing and reconnecting to your heart and downloading. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just bringing. Yeah. They were downloading. They were writing the first part of the book for me. Right. And people think it's so woo woo, but even um, I've listened to thrive too recently and we're starting to talk about this again, our connection to this information. Right. So it, it needs to be discussed because it's part of our power and who we are. Yeah. You know, it is it shouldn't be covered up. And we all have this ability if we do the healing and the. Well, see, and this is something interesting because during this process, um, I was living back with my partner at the time that I left, but, but I had some place to stay and we were working through all of our issues and we were still in business together. And I, we sat down and had a conversation and he's like telling me about, you know, what his feelings, what he's getting downloaded information. And I just sat there and I looked at him and went, well, that's how it's supposed to be because who is it? To, you know, because we all put our power and give it to psychics. 
Right. And I sat there and went, well, that's how he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be listening to his guys. Now, I may not buy what he's saying necessarily, but this is for him, not me. Yeah, it should come that line is for me. Yeah, exactly. But but there was still truth there for him and it was working for him. And I was like, boy, I had to. And I really stepped back from that of really understanding that we all do hear. And we all do listen sometimes. Mm. And when you trust that, because I think that evolved our our relationship differently because I was no longer you're wrong and I'm right. You know, that right, wrong thing that we have. Well, spirit told me, so you're stupid. No, no, that's not true at all. And I took a big step back from that because, you know, as I'm being downloaded with all this other information, I'm seeing a bigger picture of how people are evolving if they trust themselves. So what do you do? You're not going to sit there and say, you're crazy. I'm going to like, okay, well, that makes sense. I get what you're saying. You know, where you're empowering another human being because we're so good at belittling people and shaming people that we forget that we should be uplifting people and empowering people. You know, so, I mean, I was walking everything that I was learning and being shown and being told you know, and, and then finding my place in it, because as I was writing this book, it would be like, well, what would I do? Cause destiny's being pro, you know, ask questions. And I'm like, well, what would I do? days? What would I do? What would I do? Because I realized this book was an interactive. It was a co-creation with me and spirit because we were co-creating the book. And, you know, and that's what, that's the other thing with spirit is that we are co-creators with God. He just, he says, you say, I want this. And he's like, okay, well, don't worry about the house. I'll get you that. You know, I'll just, I'll deal with the house. You just keep focusing and take one step forward every day. One step, keep your vision, keep focusing where you're going. And that's what I did. You know, fear came up. What did I do with fear? Okay. Well, let's say, Okay, how about Friday at three o'clock, you and I have an appointment when you're in this gut wrenching, throat gripping fear and you can't move. What did I do? Well, let's have an appointment Friday at three o'clock and we'll have this conversation. But right now, let me do this. Yeah. And do you know when Friday at three o'clock came, fear wasn't did not show up for the meeting. (laughs) Right. You know, that was so simple, but how many times do we all stop because we're immobilized from fear and terror? Yeah, completely immobilized. Totally. And that is exactly what we need to do is just take the one step forward that we can see and know is in the right direction. That's it. I know. And here's, here's what I learned about surrender. Oh, this was my, this was my nemesis through life. What does this really mean? And I finally figured it out. Go as far as I can and stop. And then spirit comes in and tells me or lets me know when I need to do the next thing. And that's how I've learned to surrender because then now it's more of that co-creation together because they can't move that way. They can see it. I'm the one that has to do it, but I have to listen. You know, so I've learned that you know, okay, well, that that's really working for me. Move as far as I can and then stop and then watch people come in. If there's, you know, I'm in a position where people are coming in to help or whatever. 
but would I, if I didn't stop moving, would they come in? Probably not. Yeah. So action is part of it. Yeah. Taking action. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So what, what is the theme of your book? Just if, can you, can you give us the Cools notes? (laughs) The theme of the book is the journey of an awakening spirit. And this is what we go through and what all the great masters went through. Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Mary, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, all of them to, to evolve into that spiritual side, because, you know, if there was a magic wand, I would have found it and there wasn't one. So I had to walk through it. And, but what I came to realize is when we wake up and remember who we are, that doesn't change who we are. We're still the same people. We're just more aware and more enlightened. And we see things differently because Jesus still got angry. He still got pissy. He was still emotional. You know, he still had, you know, intense love for Mary Magdalene. That didn't change because he was now the Christ. But what he did is he knew who he was and he could work and live within that, you know, and that's where this book really takes you on what this journey is. And that means going through the dark night of the soul. That means facing your demons, looking at that. How many times did I look at people and you, instead of being angry at them of why are you going through my trash of realizing, you know, they're probably going through your trust because they want something from you, you know, like what people do for Hollywood people, you know, all that craziness is like, they're training you to teach you that it's okay. They're, they're not doing it like to hurt you or, you know, it's for you to just realize that people may do this and you need to be prepared. People don't, I don't think a lot of people have malice intent towards others. They just do things we don't understand. And we just get frustrated or angry or upset when it's just them. It's just what they're doing. And is it harming me? No. Then why worry about it? You know, I really had to start taking a step back from things. Yeah. Looking at things way differently than I ever did because the world was going at me. It was coming to me and doing things to me. And that's not true. It was coming to me because I needed to learn something. Right. So you talk about that as well, that realizing that everything that comes is, is perfect and something we can learn from instead of approaching it as if we're a victim. Right. Right. Because I mean, I think a lot of us have, severe mental um, victim mentalities. And I think it's just because we don't understand and just from our upbringings and things like that. And I think there's a lot of that there is a victim mentality and it's about how we say our words. And of course I've got become very conscious of my words and, and not saying, well, you're doing this to me, you know, it's, I don't want, I'm not, nothing's being done to me. It's, it's it's how I'm reacting to something. And so becoming more aware and enlightened, you're not looking at things in a reactionary place. I really, I still work on this a lot, but I'm working on just breathing before reacting, stepping back and looking at the situation and what's the message being given, because there is a message coming in. 
And I don't know, like I listened to one of your other gentlemen, I think yesterday or the day before, or the last one that was on. And he had mentioned that he doesn't necessarily believe that people say, well, everything that happens to you is you agreed to it. And he said, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I'm the same way because I don't know if that's really true or not, because I mean, I can see the lesson and I could see part of it, but I don't necessarily see that I made a decision for X, Y, Z, but ABC happened. You know what I mean? Like, because everyone says, well, you know, you're here and we're all one with our brothers and sisters. And my argument has always been, but my right of free will and free choice is not to live in a victim place. My right of free will and free choice is to have a different world to live in. And I choose to live that. And if they don't want to come and evolve, why should I be punished? You know, that's where I'm going. It's like, I think we all make those decisions differently. And yes, I'm part of the collective, but I don't have to stay in the collective, in the crabs, in the bucket kind of thing. Yeah, sometimes, you know I mean? yeah, yeah you're, you're saying sometimes you just have to decide that you're taking a different path. Right. Your own path. And, right. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do. And anybody that's out there doing that, being a way shower, they're taking a lot of arrows to the chest because they're not in the back. They're all in the chest because they're leading the way. And that's a very hard place to be. And yet that's what this world so desperately needs right now is leaders to show them how to get from point A to point B. Because I think we have a lot of lost people right now. A lot, a lot of lost people. And yet some of them are really finding their ways. I mean, you're seeing a lot of diversity on the planet right now. Well, just to be a way shower and how to listen to what comes and to listen from within is, is huge. So back to your book, you were describing how even Jesus has, like we all have to forgive ourselves for having these human traits like emotions and, you know, the good, the bad, but still take that one step forward in the right direction. Well, I think, I think it's come, it is about acceptance. You have to accept who you are because we're not, you know, we're all unique. We're all different. We all have different thoughts, experiences, even though we have a lot of similarities. And I think when I realized that what I had gone through and what I was going through when I was writing the book was what the masters went through, because they actually told me that too, that this is what the masters have gone through. It's about, I think the biggest part of that was that I took back my power, you know, and really understanding that and, and starting to be comfortable with that because especially women, we, we really suck at owning our power. You know, we really do. And I think I wanted to just feel comfortable in my skin about this new found place I was in. I mean, I had to walk away from my family because when my mother died, oh, that was a nightmare. And what I had to experience, and I had to walk away from them because it's like, I am not that person. And I kept saying, but we weren't that raised that way. We weren't raised that way. Who are these people? And I then I sat back and went, no, Kath, no. 
you weren't raised that way because you weren't them. You have always been different from them. And that was, you know, and your family, you think are supposed to love you and be there for you. Oh, yeah. I don't know a lot of people that have amazing families. There are some, and I'm jealous. I'll give you that. I am jealous because I wonder what that would have been like. But it was all good because at that point, it was like, well, wait a minute. I'm not them. I'm not this selfish, horrible person. I don't sit there and bargain and barter and everything else for something that they want. You know what I mean? It was like, you don't do anything out of the kindness of your heart, out of love. You're greedy. You're, you know, and I was like, whoa. And I, and I look back because they gave me some of these pictures and I just sat there and thought, I'm going to create my own family. I have the power to do what I want to do. I can create my own family. I can have love and support around me. And it doesn't have to be my family. I'm going to create something new. That was a whole new concept. You know what I mean? People just, we put ourselves in boxes. And even though I blow up my box, I keep finding another box to blow up. I've blown (laughs) up so many boxes in my life. But, you know, again, limited thinking. You know, we don't know the expansion, but as we own our power and we keep moving forward in where we want to be, it's like more information comes in. We, our minds get bigger and you start taking more control because if I'm not alone, I'm not alone. I don't have a problem being alone. I've lived alone a lot in my life. I love it. Getting used to other people around me sometimes is more challenging because you have to work through it and, you know, and find who you are within that without compromising yourself. And I think I'm doing really good on that too right now, which I couldn't do before because it was always, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm a girl, you're a guy. <laughs> yeah. So this book is like it's it's about that involvement in this mm-hmm. in this character, right? About yeah. all of those things. It is. It talks about all of it. Yeah. And the first part of the book is the best part. The book one is like the fun book, in my opinion, because that's when spirit comes in and you're all excited because you're getting all these messages and life is moving in a direction that you're excited about and all these really amazing events happen. And then the second book goes into the dark night of the soul, because that's when all of a sudden all that light is now permeating and going deep inside to find that darkness. And then the evolution of coming out where you can put it all together is book three, where it's all coming together and finally making sense because we experience things in our lives and we don't always know what that is. It's, it's a journey. It literally is a journey. I mean, we don't go anywhere. We don't do anything in a straight line. It's always crooked and jagged. And I was shown, I think around 2017, when I was starting to like, I'm going to promote the book. I was shown that I had gotten over the top of the mountain. Cause you know, we're always climbing to the top, but we never see ourselves coming down. And when I came down, they showed me I'm coming down. It's going to be jagged. It's rocky. I'm, you know, I'm switchbacking. I'm doing, all, and I'm like, I'm going to go down the same way I went up. Really? Right. But, they, but what they said is where you are now and where you're going to end up are two different places. And the only way to get there is the switchbacking and going over the rocky roads. And, but you're not fighting to get up. You're on the downhill side. So it's like the residue, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're getting the residue. I always talk about it like a game of snake and ladders. Yep. 
feels like that because yep, it does. Sometimes you're going down straight across, and then suddenly you'll go up. Yep. But then you could go back down yep. <laughs> two days later. And that's kind of life, but to constantly move in the right direction, even though all of that is happening. Right. And, you know, especially for business owners, because I mean, I, this was a battle for me a lot too, was, you know, I, I'm, I have to go back to work to make money to, so I can keep running my business. Right. And I always thought that was bad, but I started realizing, but that wasn't bad because what I did is I made connections. I was able to, you know, meet people that I needed for the business. And, you know, and I started to not like beat myself up because I was a failure at business. It wasn't that at all. It was, it was a way that spirit again was guiding me to where I needed to be. And I just had to relax into it. And I think that's probably another thing is we don't relax enough into our life experience because we think we should be doing something magnificent. At least I know I have. And I feel like I've just lived this mundane life, except for, I know that's not true. I so know that's not true because people, I tell them what I'm doing and they're just tired listening to me because I'm doing so many things. And I'm like, well, I'm here to experience life. Five, nine to five, right? That doesn't, that's not experiencing life. That's a rut. You know, so yeah, I'm out there <laughs> jumping on those skinny branches like the squirrels and go, whoa, I'm doing that. <clears throat> I'm constantly pushing the envelope. I'm constantly pushing through fear. I mean, my motto in life is there's nothing to fear but fear itself. That I mean, I live that every day. Yeah. And I've had to work through it. Yeah. <clears throat> and and you're, you know, you're so right about like allowing being in the space that you can allow the download because everyone is capable of doing that. I remember when I was in my 20s, I wanted to teach a course to teenagers and the download came while I was driving and I knew the name of it. It was going to be called Jump, Journeying to Understand My Power and what each day would be about. And the snake and ladders was one day. Oh, how cool. <laughs> right. And connecting to your heart was day one because mm -hmm. that's how we actually get this information that's meant for us. We're unique. We're unique beings that should be living our purpose. And when we're doing that, there's a lot of joy. There's the snake and ladders, but great joy. So right. yeah, it's like, it's just something that needs to be talked about. People don't talk about this enough. No. And, you know, and I think the biggest thing was, is when I was, the sound therapy is what helped me to really open my heart. So even though I'm giving you a session, I'm receiving a healing as well. It's different than yours. And I don't necessarily know what that is. But I would also crash because I was getting so much when I was working very intently on this on the tuning forks. But again, what was it? I had Jesus on my table right before I did a crash. And I was and he was and I'm seeing Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And this guy, you know, there was my mother had died and <clears throat> I was working with him. And then he did a we traded services. And he said, you need to do this. And I said, I don't need to do anything. And, and he pushed to open the grief. And I was dealing with it the way I needed to deal with it. But nobody liked me dealing with it, you know, for whatever reason. Because, you know, I'm a rock of Gibraltar or something. And if I go down, the world goes down with it, I guess. I don't know. But what happened was he opened this part of me 
this intense grief. It took me an hour to get off that table. And I had repeatedly told him, no, do you know what? He did. He just thought he could do whatever he wanted when so and 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 that's a violation, even though people think, well, if you say no, that they should respect it. It doesn't matter what that no word is for. If they say, if you say no, it needs to be respected. I was just trying to come back from what he had opened up that was just very dark. It was another dark place. And then But it was a dark place that you you didn't ask to go to in that time. It wasn't free will. I was pushed. I was pushed into it. Yeah. Because I, you know, we all know what we can take. And during that period, but this, let me tell you what resulted from part of that was, I mean, I went into hibernation again because I had to heal and understand what had happened. But also during that period of time, I realized in the, for the book that destiny I was so close to death. I didn't even know how close to death I was because what they did is they had taken me up and shown me the operating table where destiny was when they had changed her and how full of holes I was. And I just sat there and I looked at that and I'm like, my God, how am I alive? I shouldn't have been alive because what they were showing on the spiritual side of who we are, that when we take abuse like that, it really does shatter our spirit. And they were showing me that by a a man simply violating me by not, by not, by pushing me into something I shouldn't have done, blew my energy field open in a way that I had to find how to bring all those pieces back. I literally saw my spirit full of holes and I was barely alive. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it does. And people don't realize how much that hurts us on so many other levels. I mean, I didn't even know. And I was being shown this repeatedly. That's why it's important for us to establish those boundaries and say the word no and mean it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are gentler ways, you know, like I, I remember when I first became a homeopath one of the methods we used was to go into those places that were very painful mm-hmm. and two or three of my patients were traumatized. And I was like, Oh, there has to be a better way. This is not right. You know, and because we're, we're, we're finding a remedy that matches that, but that's when I fell in love with Divya Chambra's method that just finds the circuit in the unconscious. You don't need to go into the trauma but finding that circuit helps break it in such a gentler way. It's like, that's like sound therapy is the same way, right? Like you don't need to go there. You, you just don't need to, what it does on it. actually, yeah. it heals on a cellular level and you yeah. get to release it without re-experiencing it. Exactly. And that's why people but, look so that's what this when they get done because it's gone. Yeah. 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 That's what this type yeah. of therapy does too. Yep. And that's what people need because, you know, talking to a shrink and reliving the trauma, that doesn't do anybody any good. No wonder they're drunk or on drugs and commit suicide. And time and time again, and still no release. Like it, it's, yeah. So it's, this is really golden what we're talking about. Yeah. So I want to briefly just touch on, um, what are the Akashic records? 
The Akashic we'll Records. Well, might, yep. It might be a whole podcast in itself. It could be. It, it, it's your life. There are books about your life experiences on the soul. It's the soul's books. So it's and many there's books. actually a library. And there is a way to get into the library. And there is a gatekeeper up there as well. And when you're looking to do a reading for someone or for yourself, you go through this journey to get up into the Akashic Records, and then you pull the book out, and it tells you when this thought or whatever it is you're wanting to get more information from, there's actually a book that tells you what happened and why you're like the way you are or why you think the way you do or, you know, why you're having pains or an injury happened or whatever. And so what this is doing, it's not, it's not what's wrong with you physically. It's what happened on an emotional cellular soul level. And it's a great tool to understand more of who you are, what your journeys were through life. And I've, I mean, I, I mean, I have a room. I mean, it's not a book or two. It's not a shelf. It's a room. I was so stunned when I saw the room. And what does that tell me? I've been on this planet a very, very, very long time. Somebody told me I'd like over, I don't know, 29,000 or 200 and some thousand lifetimes on this. And I'm like, well, no wonder I feel tired. (laughs) I wasn't sure I wanted to be here again. (laughs) I know I didn't want to be here again, but I also know that I chose to be here again. And that, and I think when the book, came out and I was receiving the download at the the onset of part one of the book. Uh, that was all being downloaded. And I just was like, wow, wow, wow. I was the first one to volunteer. Really? Oh my God. I, to me, it wasn't going to be an adventure. I just, we just forget that this is an adventure and it's very temporary. Right? Yeah. You know, and yeah. I had a friend who kept saying, get off the stage, get off the stage, get off the stage. And I'm like, but if, but you need your emotions to be able to make things happen. He says, get off the stage. And I (laughs) couldn't quite understand that. But then I finally realized, yeah, get off the stage. Don't get into the drama of life. Observe life. And when I started to observe life, and that doesn't mean I'm not in it, but when I observed it, it was like, there was a lot less drama and I don't, I don't tolerate drama. I mean, that's on a dance floor as far as I'm concerned, where you put the drama on a stage. And then just try to just walk gently through life. I'm probably not one of those people because my energy is so huge. I get that. And, you know, I've been told I'm a giant. I've been a giant. So, you know, I have this massive amount of energy. But it's, you know, but you still try to what be like, walk gently through a china store. You know, that's what I try to do. And to observe it. I love that rather than be caught in it and, you know, and to, to look at it and see it for what it is. And yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful way to view the world. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when I was in Illinois, that was probably the biggest thing. I didn't have those words yet, but that's what I was doing was step back and observe. Don't get involved in it. Yes, you can be upset. That's your choice. But is it worth your energy? And I started valuing what's worth my energy. Getting upset over trivial things or 
you know, really being upset about something and injustice is probably more valid than, you know, somebody going through my trash or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, I mean, it's just the perspective of getting out of being small and getting bigger and being grander because we're more afraid of the magnificence of who we are than the smallness of who we are. That's what we're more afraid of. Yeah. And I I believe that because I, I realized I lived that for a long time. Well, fear also stops us from seeing that magnificence, doesn't it? And it almost seems like a program in itself. Yep. And part of being human, right? In Uh this time, hopefully we're moving towards something else. I think we are. I think there's a lot of evolution happening. And I think we just have, like, if you look at generations and how the generations, how we have a way of thinking per generation, and I think these new kids are just so connected in ways that we were just not in the previous generations. But that doesn't mean all of us are that old. And something that Ariel told me once was it will take 100 years for the changes to occur because that's just what it is. And when you look at when Moses took the Israelites out of Egypt, it was 100 years. And you had multiple generations in there. And as those generations die, the energy got stronger and stronger. Now we do have strong energy, but we still have a lot of old energy with us. And a lot of that has to change. I mean, yes, the baby boomers came in to change the world and we did just that. And we're not done by any stretch of the imagination. I don't care how old we are, we're still not done. But, But then there's also people of that generation that died 30 years ago, but they're still alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people die early, even though they're still living. And I didn't want to be one of those people. I'm here to experience life. We're all here to experience life, whatever that is. Yes. And just to discover our sole purpose. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing that beautifully. Well, thank Kathleen, you. how do people find you and how do they find your book and the courses you offer? Um, I have a website. It's Kathleen with a K M Flanagan.com. And I have all my services and my book there. And I also have a free download that if you wanted to have, I believe it's like a five to 10 minute sound session to rebalance your chakras can make all the difference in the world to just wash all the garbage off and renew your spirit and just go out there in the world. It makes a big difference. Just five minutes can make a big difference in your day. Is that that for free? No, no email address, nothing. You can just download it. Nice. And that's sound as well. For me. Is that through sound? Yes, that is sound. Yeah. It's just a chakra balance. So it's going to do all 12 chakras. So we start at the solar plexus and then we go up and down alternating yeah. And then I wrap it. So you're, I'm securing the energy. So it's like, you know, a lot of times we go out and we get in a car and then there's word rage two seconds after you come out of a meditation. This actually helps to seal that energy is to stay in a little longer. Nice. Yeah. Wrap it. Wrap it. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kathleen. You're welcome. Thank you. And for everyone out here. there. Oh, yeah, I loved it. For everyone out there, don't forget, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. Spiral up, spiral out. 
Thank you.